back once again to the fourth chapter of the book of First Chronicles. And uh, fourth chapter of the book of First Chronicles. And we'll give you another couple of quick thoughts about this character, Jabez. And a wonderful time, I text the pastor and said, man, about that crowd will preach you to death. And a wonderful time preaching this morning. Appreciate y'all having us in. Uh, wonderful stay at the guest house. Wonderful lunch today with the leader family. God gave me a deep revelation this evening. I know exactly what we're going to be eating at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Mission barbecue. Amen. Remember, you heard it here first. Amen. And uh, thank God that was that was wonderful, sweet family, good fellowship. So very thankful to be here and uh, so very thankful to be a part of this Lord's Day with you. I want to tell you, I promise you, I've got two points and I've got, uh, um, we're going to try to head home this evening. So I'm not going to dilly dally around. I do want to take just a moment or two and say thank you, thank you for the continued prayer the continued financial support of our ministry at the Northeast Correctional Complex in Mountain City, Tennessee. Hard to believe January made 14 years that I've been serving there as a missionary chaplain. And uh, again, I appreciate the way you've prayed with us and stood with us through these years. We just have come through absolutely horrific staff shortages uh, our facility is 55 acres. We have about 1,600 adult male offenders. One shift, I remember very distinctly, we had four officers on that whole compound. If I remember correctly, the inmates got their, serve, got their supper about 1230 that night. But God has blessed, God has turned things around. Uh, the state of Tennessee uh, raised officer pay we're starting to get officers coming in. Another huge blessing with that is for the last, I think, seven officer candidate graduations, they've let me speak in the graduation ceremonies. And so I've been able to give every new officer a Bible and a couple small gifts, some literature, and plus share a verse of scripture. You gotta understand, it's a graduation. It's not a church service. But I do try to plant some seed, amen. Great open door that the Lord's given us there. And I want to share one other thing. I walked into a unit, I think it was about three weeks ago. I was actually checking on an inmate that had had a death in his family. And I walked in and I, the, the doors on these cells are solid steel, double layer. They have a thin window, probably about six inches wide, about two feet tall. And I walked in this unit, was going to make a beeline to the corner cell and check on this inmate that had a death in his family. And I saw a guy standing at the window and I just felt compelled to go over there and talk to him. And I walked up on the door. There was absolutely nothing in his cell. No mattress, no pillow, no toiletries, nothing. And he is standing there, all he has on is a paper hospital gown. I said, man, what's going on? How you doing? I said, you need anything from the chaplain's office today? He said, man, I need a lot. He said, I, I just had a total, complete mental breakdown. 
I just got off a suicide watch, just got put in this cell. I don't have anything. He said, I, he, he said, I need God. He said, I need a miracle in my life. I need, I need the Lord. I said, well, I tell you what I'll do. I'll put you a packet, a couple things together. I'll bring you a Bible, some literature, some tracts, and I'll come back tomorrow. He said, you don't understand. I need something now. I need something right now. And I had a John and Romans, and I slid that thing under the cell door, went through the plan of salvation. He went over to his bunk, got on his knees, and received Christ as his Savior. And I went back, I went back the next day, and he had gotten his property, had his clothes on, had his hair combed, and it reminded me of that maniac of Gadara. He was clothed and in his right mind, and he still had that old John and Romans that I've been reading this. And I said all that to say this. If it was not for churches like this, I would not have been there. It's that simple. I would not have been there that day. And that young man would still probably be headed to hell, still be lost, still be a mental, spiritual, emotional basket case. And y'all understand it's churches like this that make it possible for me to go and be a part of that ministry. And we do not appreciate it. And I want to tell you something, this uh, judgment day comes, the Lord's going to say, Charlie, you stand over to the side. I'll deal with you later. And he's going to make people like you come up and y'all are going to get the crowns. Because the Bible says these things are fruit that abound, not to my account, but to your account. Amen. Ain't God good. And I'm so thankful that y'all partner with us and help us. And, I, and, and, and don't think that your giving and your praying is in vain. The Lord is working. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I wished I could say that every day was like that. Amen. Somebody said, Brother Russell, you ever think about quitting every Monday morning? Right? But I tell you what, God continues to give grace. He continues to give strength. He continues to give power. And praise God, there's nothing like being in the Lord's will. Amen. All right, let's read our text again. I tell you what, why don't you stand to your feet? You've been sitting for a little bit. And we'll read our text again and again. I just got a couple verse, couple thoughts I want to give you out of these verses. First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. The Bible says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. As you can tell over the years that I've been coming, I'm not always big on titling my messages but if you want to title this evening, I'll be preaching on the subject, Vehicles to Greatness. Vehicles to Greatness. Father, we love you. 
Thank you, God, for your many blessings. I'm amazed at your grace. I'm amazed at your mercy. I'm amazed at the goodness of your people. And Lord, we're just so thankful that you've allowed us to be here. Lord, if it wasn't for Jesus, if it wasn't for that old bloody cross, I wouldn't even know these folks. But God, we're thankful, Father, for you and all that you are and all that you see fit to bless us with. Go with us now into the preaching time. And I claim the verse, Lord, that says that your strength is made perfect in weakness. And God, I stand weak. I stand uh, unable to do this task that you've called me to do without your power. Minister to hearts. Again, somebody may be in our midst that's not saved. Lord, you show yourself mighty and work in their hearts as only you can. Continue to bless the Calvary Baptist Church, the ministry here in Dundalk. Rebuke Satan, the demons of hell from off of us for a little while. And Father, we'll thank you and praise you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And again, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. As we learned this morning, this man, Jabez, by the help and by the power of God, rose up above uh, the unknowns of his day. He rose above the common. He rose above the acceptable. He rose above the normal. He rose above the comfortable and did something great and became something great for the glory of God and for the kingdom of the Lord. The question arises, Brother Russell, how did he get there? What, what was it about Jabez that, that distinguished him from those in his generation? What was it that set him apart? How did he arrive to this great place of serving God and living for God in his life? Well, our text tells us that there are two very distinct vehicles that carried Jabez to greatness. Two distinct vehicles that carried him to higher heights and deeper depths with the Lord. And I want us to look at those two vehicles very quickly. And again, I promise you, I won't keep you long this evening. But in verse number nine, the first thing I want you to see is the vehicle of character. The vehicle of character. Look at verse number nine. Are you looking at verse number nine? Holler amen at me. Amen. Look what he says right here. And Jabez was more talented than his brethren. Hold on, I must have grabbed my NIV. Hold on, something ain't right there. And Jabez was more educated than his brethren. RSV, amen. And Jabez was more wealthy than his brethren. Is that what your Bible says? Hang on to your seat. And Jabez was more popular than his brethren. Is that what the book says? You know, the scripture does not say, and Jabez was more ambitious. And Jabez was more focused. Does not say, and Jabez was more driven. And Jabez was more goal-oriented than his brethren. That's not what it says. Does it say, and, and, and Jabez was more organized than his brethren, more structured than his brethren. 
doesn't say that Jabez had more followers on TikTok than his brethren. Doesn't say Jabez had more followers on Twitter than his brethren. But what does our text say? He says, and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Amen. You got to understand, you got to decide if you want to go with God or if you want to go with religion. Amen. You got to make up your mind, my friend. Do you want to go with Christ or you want to go with the crowd? Honey, if you want to go with religion, you want to go with the crowd, you better get you some ambition. You better get you some drive. You better get you some self-discipline. You better get your ducks in a row and get your act together if you want to go with crowd and you want to go with religion. But honey, hey man, if you want to go with God, if you want to go with Christ, if you want the Holy Ghost on you, if you want to be used by the living, breathing, resurrected Christ, Honey, you better be an honorable person. By opinion, and I understand opinions are like armpits. Everybody's got them and most of them stink. (laughs) But my opinion is one of the biggest mistakes the modern church has made is we started looking to Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg for philosophies on how to build a church. Amen. Let me tell you something, my friend. This is not a corporation. This is not a Fortune 500 company. This is the living, breathing body of Jesus Christ. And what works on Wall Street don't work on here, amen. What works on Madison Avenue doesn't work in here. Amen. Our citizenship's in heaven. Honey, we're not a business. Hallelujah, we're the bride. Amen. Amen. This is not some some startup business. Honey, this thing's been around for 2,000 years. Amen. And can I say this? Uh, I don't want to, Brother Russell, are you saying we shouldn't be structured? Absolutely not. Are you saying we shouldn't be organized? Absolutely not. One thing I've learned, honey, about ministry, you got two choices. You can either organize or you can agonize. If you don't organize, you will agonize. Are you saying we shouldn't have go? No, I'm not saying that at all. But folks, you got to be, you got to understand there is a fine, fine line between ministry and machinery. And I fear that I preach in some places they've done made that crossing, amen, from being a ministry to being a machine. Amen. And, and, and God help us. And if you wanna, if you wanna be big in the kingdom of God, if you wanna be uh, somebody in the Lord's kingdom, and let me just say this: uh, this isn't in my notes, but I won't charge you any extra. Being ambitious and being driven are not fruits of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Hello. Bible says we have a shepherd that leads us and we're to be led by the, not driven by ambition, not driven by self gain, not driven by some agenda, but only we're to be led of the Holy Spirit and led by the living God. Amen. And uh, God help us if you want to be uh, used and great, amen. It's not the vehicle of skill and ambition, but it's the vehicle of being honorable. It's the vehicle of character. You say, well, Brother Russell, what does being honorable look like? I'm glad you asked. Let's go over to, first of all, we're going to look at Psalm 24. Amen. Psalm 24. Let's look at verses three and four. Who shall, Psalm 24, verse three and four. What's, who shall, what's that next word? Ascend. What does that mean? Go up, move up higher. Get above the crowd. Get above the normal. Get above the status quo. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Honey, that's, that's the characteristics of an honorable person. Amen. He says clean hands. That means godly actions. Clean hands. Boy, I had something, but I'd never seen, I've never seen my warden so mad. Several weeks ago, I happened to be down at checkpoint. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta understand, it doesn't say Northeast Baptist Correctional Complex. There's a lot of different denominations, a lot of different groups that come in there. And I was down at checkpoint one day and there was a lady that come, come in through checkpoint to do her Bible study with the men. Not sure her denomination, not sure her doctrine, but she come in through checkpoint to have Bible study with the men. Somebody went and got the water. He come flying out of there. He said, ma'am, get your Bible, get your stuff, get out of here, and don't you ever step foot in this prison again. He said, I've got you on video bringing drugs into these inmates three times. He said, if I had the physical evidence in my hand right now, you'd be going to jail. He said, get your stuff, get out, and don't you ever come back. I said, Brother Russell, what's the problem? She didn't have clean hands. Right, right, right. Well, Amen. Her hands had gotten corrupted. Right, right. Amen. And here's what's sad. No matter what denomination, no matter her doctrine, all they see is a person coming in carrying a Bible. And it makes us all look bad. Amen. That's why it's impossible, important. Yes, be saved and have the Holy Ghost. But honey, our outward needs to be right. Amen. Our outward needs to be clean. Our outward needs to be holy. That's what it means to be honorable. And then not only godly actions, but godly attitudes. He says right here, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Well, that's where I struggle. Amen. It's not only doing what's right, but it's doing it with the right motive. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. With the right attitude, with the right spirit. 
Amen. It's being an honorable person is one with godly actions, but it's one that godly attitudes. And then let me say this. It's a person with godly appetites. Look what he says right here. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity. What is vanity, Rev? It's chasing the wind. Huh? You know, get you a five-gallon bucket from Home Depot or somewhere, and you can spend all day chasing the wind, grabbing the wind, putting it in your five-gallon bucket. At the end of the day, you know what you got? Nothing. Sad to say, I know some Baptists like that. Chasing the wind, chasing the next thrill, chasing the next new fad, chasing the next new vehicle, the next new hot vacation spot, just chasing vanity. Amen. And at the end of the day, we wind up as empty and disillusioned and defeated as when we started. Amen. I've bought new cars before, honey. It don't take long for the new to wear off. Amen. About six months of making them payments. Bubba runs his, Bubba runs his shopping cart into the side of it down at Walmart. Amen. And you realize you sign on the dotted line for six years of nothing but vanity. Amen. An honorable person doesn't chase vanity. And then look what it says, not only godly actions, godly attitude, godly appetites, but godly agreements. Look what he says right here. Again, the last part of verse number four. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Brother Russell, what does that mean? Let's go back to Psalm 15 and I'll give you some insight here. Psalm 15, we'll read down to verse number four. We're not in that big of a hurry, are we? Let's look at Psalm 15 verses one through four. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is condemned. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord. Here's what I would see, verse number four. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. So Brother Russell, what does it mean to swear to your own hurt? What does it mean to swear deceitfully? Well, I'm gonna illustrate it the best I can. My phone rings and it's Brother Payne. Brother Payne says, Brother Russell, what you doing this evening after church? I ain't got big plans. I was going, hey, won't you come over to the house for a cookout? We're having hot dogs. We're having hamburgers. We're having French fries. Hello. I say, brother, put me down. I'll be there. Get off the phone with Brother Payne. Brother Leader calls. Brother Leader said, Brother Russell, what you doing after church? I mean, I ain't doing nothing. I'm going home. Why don't you come by the house? We're having a cookout. We're having prime rib. We're having T-bone steak. 
We're having Caesar salad. We're having baked potato, not them old healthy baked potatoes. Honey, we're having baked potatoes with butter and sour cream. What time you want me there, brother leader? Seven o'clock, I'll be there. I don't blame you. <laughs> then, <laughs> y'all know where I'm going. Then I call brother Payne. Brother Payne. <coughs> brother, brother, I don't know what's wrong. <coughs> I think I got the COVID. <coughs> But I ain't gonna be able to make it tonight. Yeah, I'm sorry too. <coughs> I'm sorry, brother. Maybe next time. Amen. So I'll go over and get me some prime rib. Get me some T-bone steak. Get me a Caesar salad. Get me a baked potato. And all everything's good till their kids meet up over here at the skydiving place. What'd you do this weekend? Oh, Brother Russell, come to our house. I thought he was sick. No, he ain't sick. He ate like a horse. <laughs> Amen. Brother, I done put a question mark in them kids. They've seen me preach. They've seen me testify about God. And now I put a question mark. In that's called swearing. That's what you call swearing to your own hurt. Amen. It, it's me, it means keeping your word. It means keeping your word even if you have to miss out on T-bone steak. It means keeping your word even though you have to miss out on, 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 on some prime rib and a Caesar salad. It's just keeping your word and keeping your first commitments. Amen. Amen. Hello, that's what an honorable person does. Swear it to their own hurt, even if, it's going to, even if it's going to cause you to lose something. Amen. And there's a price that comes with that. I got a car I'm trying to sell. <laughs> My problem is I keep telling everybody what's wrong with it. It ain't been selling too quick. 365,000 miles. Huh? Brother, it's one of them cars Brother, it's one of them cars you pull up at the gas station and you say, fill her up with oil and check the gas. <laughs> You'll get that after a while. <laughs> Amen. But, a, but you know what? That's what God's looking for. He's looking for honorable people. He's looking for people of integrity, people that keep their word, people that are honest. At the end of the day, we, we all can't be talented. At the end of the day, we all can't be wealthy. At the end of the day, we all can't be great leaders and great organizers. But I tell you, there's something we all can be. We could all be honorable. Amen. We can all be honorable. I try my best and I fail, I fail, but I try my best. If I tell an inmate I'm gonna bring him a Bible, I'm gonna bring him a Bible. Amen. If I tell him I'm gonna meet you at three o'clock, we'll have an appointment, praise God, three o'clock, we're gonna meet, amen? Because I'm telling you, there is a, a, a vacuum of integrity in our culture. 
There's a vacuum of honor in our culture. And what God saw in Jabez that caused him to bring him up to the next level again wasn't drive. It wasn't some vision he had, but he was a man who was more honorable than his brethren. Amen. Then the next thing I want you to see right here, I told you I wasn't going to keep you long. And uh, that's being honorable. Amen. And I'm not going to keep you long. The next vehicle, not only the vehicle of character, but the vehicle of connection. Look at verse number 10. The Bible says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel. Amen. What was it that brought him out of the normal? What was it that brought him above, above the common? What was it that brought him above the comfortable and the commonplace? Hey Amen. He was honorable and praise God, he had a connection, amen. I pick up from this guy, he wasn't too good at politicking among the brethren. Jabez said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my politicking in the prayer closet, Amen. I'm going to do my politicking at the foot of the cross. I'm going to do my politicking at the foot of the Lord. And what made him a great man was his character and his connection. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I thank God for all the connections I've got. I tell you what, the older I get, I appreciate my wife. Amen. We've been married almost 31 years. Somebody said, somebody asked my wife, she's been married to Charlie for almost 31 years. You ever thought about divorce? She said, no, but I've thought about murder several times. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Thank God the connection with my wife. Connection with my kids. Connection with my church. Amen. Connection with fellow preachers. Connection with partnering churches. Churches like this, like this one across this country that partner with me and pray for me and love me and support me. I thank God for the connections with places just like this. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something, my friend. My greatest connection is not the connection I got with my wife or a church or some preacher somewhere. The greatest connection I've got is my connection with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. That's the greatest connection. Amen. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I love history. Amen. And uh, I remember watching a series on the Vietnam War and they would send those small squads, six, eight men out there into the jungle on these search and destroy missions and those enemy snipers hiding in those jungles, they had two targets. Number one target was the officer. They knew if they took out the leader, the mission would fail. The number two target on the sniper's hit list was the radio man. I want to tell you something, that radio man, he could have been four foot tall, buck-toothed, and cross-eyed. But he had a little old device on his back called a radio, and he had access to tanks, he had access to airplanes. He had access to helicopters. He had access to artillery. He had access to helicopters and, and all kinds of arsenal, amen. 
Hello? And I'll tell you something, honey. I may be just the son of a truck driver, born and raised in the mountains of North Carolina, but praise God, I've got a heavenly father, and I'm adopted into the family of God, and I've got access to everything that heaven's got, amen. And through my connection with the Lord, I can get anything I need. If I need strength, I can get strength. If I need patience, I can get patience. If I need love for the unlovable, I can get love for the unlovable. Amen. If I need money to pay a light bill, praise God, the Bible says he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. Amen. You say, Brother Russell, we, may, we ain't much down here. We're just a small congregation right outside the nation's capital. There's just a few hundred of us here. We're just a small minority in this wicked area. Let me tell you something right now. You may be small in number, but if you're saved, my friend, you got a connection to the glory God of the universe and everything you need is at your disposal. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm not, I'm not a chaplain at Northeast Correctional because I'm a great preacher or a great leader, or a great organizer. I'm there because I got a great connection. Amen. Amen. Hello. Get your connection. That's what brings you to higher heights and deeper depths with the Lord. Let's finish up. Let's go over to Luke chapter number 11. I'll tell you one thing. If I knew I was going to live this long, I'd have took better care of myself. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look what he says right here. Luke chapter 11, just holler amen when you get there. Look at verse number eight. Or excuse me, verse number 10. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Hello? God in heaven knows I was telling Brother Leader, boy, it's a, it's a blessing to get around his family. Good to see uh, Brother Payne's family, these young people here. And, and I got good kids. I love my kids, but I could have done better as a father. Amen. I said I could have done better as a father. There were areas I failed. But I'll tell you one thing. I wasn't a perfect father, but I'll say this. If my son asked for a bologna sandwich, I got him a bologna sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Hello? My daughter wanted a, a, a hamburger from McDonald's. She's getting a hamburger from McDonald's. Right. Hello? My kids want Oreos and milk. They're getting Oreos and milk. And, I, and, I'm, a, and I'm an earthly father. Amen. Look what he says, a heavenly father. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then being evil... O carnal nature, O fallen Adamic nature, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Amen. 
Amen. We, what is that verse saying? It's saying we got a connection. Amen. Whatever you need, whatever you want, but if you want to rise up and do something and be great for God, hello, you got a connection. And let me, I'm going to close with this. I remember, I may have shared this if I did, just pretend like I, you didn't hear it the first time. I remember when God called me with Rock of Ages prison ministry, one of my dearest preacher friends on planet earth called me up. I said, Brother Russell, you're going to starve to death. He said, you'll never make it. He said, you'll never make it. He went on to say, if you're not careful, your wife's going to get bitter. Kids will get bitter. He said, you'll never make it. Scary thing is, I started to believe him. We were living in a little house in Granite Falls, North Carolina, and I'll never forget my first night after I got accepted missionary with the Rock of Ages. I went through candidate training school. My first night on the phone calling pastors trying to book meetings for deputation. I was shaking so bad. I about shook the, phone, shook the wires out of the phone. Just so nervous. Calling churches, calling pastors, trying to book meetings. And I started that evening with no meetings and I ended that evening with no meetings. What'd you do, Rev? I walked back and our little old walk-in closet. Boy, I kicked shoes out of the way. I kicked old clothes out of the way and I cleared me out a spot and I learned real quick, my friend, how I was going to raise support. Not my personality, not my skill level, not my human ability, but buddy, I was going to have to have a connection. Amen. And I learned right then, honey, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Amen. And I don't know what the need is tonight. I don't know what the burden on your heart is. But you just remember one thing, my friend, my dear brother, my dear sister. You've got a connection. Amen. Amen. You may be small. You may not feel, you may feel insignificant and insufficient. But praise God when you're connected. Yeah. Praise God you got access to everything that heaven has. Amen. Let's all stand our feet tonight. We're going to open up the altar. Amen.